Praise God. In preparation for today's message, we shall be reading from the book of Galatians, chapter 3, verses 10 to 14. Once again, Galatians chapter 3, verses 10 to 14. Please open your Bibles to that portion of Scripture and join me in reading God's Word. Let us all rise in reverence to the Word of God. Verse 10, For all who rely on works of the law are under a curse. For it is written, Curse be everyone who does not abide by all things written in the book of the law and do them. Now it is evident that no one is justified before God by the law, for the righteous shall live by faith. But the law is not of faith, rather the one who does them shall live by them. Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law by becoming a curse for us. For it is written, Curse is everyone who is hung on a tree. Verse 14, So that in Christ Jesus, the blessing of Abraham might come to the Gentiles so that we might receive the promised spirit through faith. Praise God for the reading of his word. You may now be seated. We are continuing our series on Galatians chapter 3, verses 10 to 14. So the title today is Curse or Righteousness. Curse or Righteousness, Galatians 3, 10 to 14. Paul explained that righteousness comes through faith and not the works of the law. He cited Abraham as the prime example of such. Abraham believed and it was counted as righteousness. Paul would then proceed that the promise of God through faith is through the gospel of Christ. And that gospel is through faith, not the works of the law. He warned the Galatians that those who live under the law are cursed by it. Yet Paul encouraged them that the blessing of Abraham is through faith. If a Gentile, meaning a non-Jew, believes in the gospel, then such a person receives also the blessing promised through Abraham. In Paul's letter to the Galatians, there was a tension, tension between him who preach, preaches that people are made righteous or justified by faith and not the works of the law versus those who said, yes, yes, we believe in, in the gospel, but uh, you have to include the law to be saved. And one, the first act would be circumcision for the men. And that's the first act. So when you say circumcision, it's not circumcision per se. It's a ritual, a first step into the law or becoming part 
of God's covenant people. But Paul was saying, no, no. Abraham did not have the law. It came through Moses, who did not exist in the time of Abraham. And Abraham believed in the promise of God, and it was counted as righteousness. Another word used is imputed as righteousness, meaning given, placed into you. He was given that righteousness because he believed. Uh, Paul would say it's not the righteousness by following the law because that does not bring righteousness. The law is a standard by which one should live, yet no one completely, 100% can follow the law. And I'm not talking about simply the Ten Commandments. We're talking about the ceremonies, we're talking about the civil law, and the moral law as well. Paul has been arguing that, hey, it is faith. It is your belief in Christ and what he has done, not by obeying the law. Should we obey what Scripture says? Of course. But obedience is not what saves us. Obedience is a result of the faith we have in him. But obedience to what? Not the Old Testament. It's not to obey the Old Testament law, but to fulfill what Christ taught us, how he clarified to us when he was here on earth, and as explained to us by the apostles through the other writings of the New Testament. My first point, uh, curse of the law. Let us read verse 10. For all who rely on works of the law are under a curse. For it is written, Cursed be everyone who does not abide by all things written in the book of the law and do them. So if you want righteousness from the law, well, you have to completely obey everything. And we know that that is impossible. The law is not one page. The law are several pages of statutes and rules and regulations. For all who rely on the works of the law are under a curse. Therefore, Galatians, do not rely on working for the law. Do not rely that that will save you. You are under a curse. For it is written, and he is now quoting the Old Testament, Cursed be everyone who does not abide by all things written in the book of the law, and do them. Again, let me say that again. All who depend on the law for their righteousness bring themselves under a curse. If one depends on the law for righteousness, one must not fail to obey all the commands. But no one succeeded even today and in the, in the past. No one has succeeded in obeying all the works of the law, all the commands of the law. 
Why was the law given? Now, if you continue reading Galatians, you will understand why. And one reason, well, the take on the writer of Hebrews was these were a shadow of things to come. It was a shadow of the Christ to come. The ceremonial law, for example, exhibits the law of God and the, the purpose of Christ, especially the part where every year you have to sacrifice an innocent animal. Why is the animal innocent? He did not sin or she did not sin. The animal must die because of your sin. So there, it already shows that there is an element of substitution. And God accepts that. And your act of sacrificing the animal, the act of sacrificing it, is your obedience to the law. However, that's not the only law. There are many other laws. It's a shadow of things to come. And when Christ came and John the Baptist heralded, Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. And even in Revelations and all over the New Testament, he is portrayed as the innocent Lamb who was innocent, had nothing to do with our sin, but he took it upon himself as a substitute. Now, the sacrifice of Christ is sufficient for all men. However, it will only be efficient for a few who truly believe. Again, sufficient for all, but efficient only for a few. The law taught people that God had standards. But the law could never make a person righteous. It only revealed that all men are sinners in the eyes of God. Thus, depending on personal ability to obey the law brings a curse. Relying on your personal ability to follow the law brings a curse. What we need to do, as Paul was saying, was we are justified by faith. It is the sinless Christ, the righteous Christ, his works of the law that we believe in. And he imputes that righteousness to us. His righteousness, because of faith, is given to us as we, as he has taken our sin upon himself to suffer. That we believe. That we believe with all our hearts. Now, take note. We must obey. Again, we must obey the commands of Christ, the instructions of his apostles, as written in the Holy Scriptures. But it's not obeying that saves us. We obey because we believe. It's our heart full of faith 
that makes us want to. We want to because we believe. You do things because you believe in them. But this is beyond that because there, there's this part where if we believe, he gives us his righteousness. Now, if somebody thinks he will not accept me because my life is messed up, I'm a sinner, a terrible sinner, that is. Well, you're right on the second part that all of us are wretched sinners, but you're wrong on the first part when you already assume that he will not accept you because you are not perfect, because you are not high, a high moral being. No one is moral or good in the sight of God in terms of sin. Everybody sinned. So if somebody says to me, you're a good man. No, I'm a wretched sinner. That's a proper response. No member of this church should tell the story that I'm a good man. I'm a wretched, wretched sinner. That's why when I hear, I visit some churches and they build up their pastor as such a good man. It makes me cringe. He's wretched as you are and as I am, as all we are, are wretched sinners. Once we begin elevating of what we have done, how we have obeyed, of course we should. Amen? We should repent of our adultery, of our idolatry. We should repent of fornication. We should repent of gossip and slander and lying. We should repent. But it's not because we did it. But because there is grace given to us. And there's a big difference between being me-centered in what I have done, that's why I am saved, versus it's Him. And He allowed me to believe. You see, the knowledge of the gospel only brings us to humility. One of the dangers of being a Christian for a while is when you lean to legalism. I'm not saying we should not preach against sin. We should, as revealed in Scripture, not what we think sin is. If we think something is wrong, but we cannot take, get a basis in Scripture, don't call it wrong. Don't call it a sin if you cannot find a strong basis in Scripture. And that's the point of Christian liberty. We are free in Christ. Yes, there are sins that we have to be avoid, and that is revealed in Scripture. But more than that is legalism. And some of us carry that flavor in our words. Why are they like this? Uh, okay, what do you mean? Uh, can you point out what sin you're talking about? Uh, and some can't really point it. We have come up with these standards that 
rob us of our freedom in Christ. Uh, should we make an issue whether uh, how come this brother has wears one earring? I said that's fashion and style, I guess. And some think it's wrong. It's a sin. Uh, okay, where is that a sin? Can you point to me where that is a sin? Because I can't see that. Uh, you see, I'm more concerned with preaching against fornication than earrings, all right? You agree with me? I'm more concerned about protecting them from bad company than earrings, all right? Maybe I'll make a statement. Maybe I'll wear one. No, the congregation would not like that, so. Uh, <laughs> no, I won't. I, I'm, I'm just kidding. But why will I waste my time dealing with that? When there are other more important things that is revealed by Scripture already. Now, here's the problem when I think less of this person because he wears an earring. <laughs> You're on Pharisee grounds, friends. Careful now, careful. You're acting like a Pharisee. Careful, careful, careful. If you cannot ground it, when I say ground, context study wise, grounded. All right? Then you're going to quote the Old Testament. <laughs> you know that at times they, some preach that women should not wear pants. Um, okay, if that's your culture in your community, I, I just leave it to you. But for us, don't impose that here. I have more things to preach about than pants. Of course, I want the ladies to dress modestly. Do not dress to seduce. Dress to be beautiful. That is fine. And there's freedom in that. And some think if you wear a little makeup, that's a sin. Take note. I'm not here innocent. Because I got saved in the 80s, and that was heavy influence until you became strict in your study of God's Word and say, I will only follow what's clearly in Scripture. There are more things to preach about, like the gospel. Do not live like you're under the law where rules and regulations are more important than having faith in the gospel of Christ. Now there are guide there the scripture gives us guidance it gives us wisdom it's best to follow the wisdom of scripture rather than our own perspectives but ground everything on the truth. That's why it's good to meditate and study scripture because it's liberating, liberating. Did you know that once upon a time, having a drum set in your church considers you a rebellious church? 
Now, I understand if you don't like drums because you're not used to it. Say it that way. But don't call it a sin. Because once you do that, that is Pharisee ground. Don't also think the, on the other side that I can do anything, any sin, because the grace of God is there. Oh, 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 oh. And that's why we need to study all of Galatians to understand the whole context. Because there is such a thing as the fruit of the Spirit, if you truly have faith, and there are the deeds of the flesh, if we do not walk in the Spirit. But please do not live in the curse of the law. If something I cannot root in scripture, I smile. Because that is up to the brother's or sister's conscience. Why he does something or she doesn't do something, it's up to their conscience. But that, I do not want to impose on the others. Righteousness and faith, second point. Let's read verse 11. Now it is evident that no one is justified before God by the law. Now this is crystal clear. Crystal clear. It is evident that no one is justified before God by the law. What was his justification? Paul's writing. What was his reasoning? Abraham. He talked about Abraham. And he quoted Scriptures as well from the Old Testament. For us, this is scripture already. Now, it is evident that no one is justified before God by the law. Another quote, for the righteous shall live by faith. But the law is not faith. Rather, the one who does them shall live by them. Violating one part of the law makes a person guilty of the law. Just one. Just one. Thus, no one can claim justification by obeying 99% of the law. I just disobeyed 1% of the law. You are guilty then. Only through faith in the Messiah, the Lord Christ, can a person experience justification. Again, faith in the Messiah, the Lord Christ. Third point is Christ redeemed us. Let's read verses 13 and 14. Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law by becoming a curse for us, for it is written, cursed is everyone who, hang, who is hanged on a tree. Was he hung on a tree? Yeah, a dead tree, all right? If you want to argue about it, it was a dead tree. It was wood, all right? <laughs> Some have to argue. See, there's inconsistency. It's still a tree, dead tree, all right? He hung on the cross. But the point here is, he redeemed, meaning he paid for it. He paid. To redeem something is to pay for something. So that in Christ, he became a curse for us, 
so that we don't have to be under the curse of the law. Verse 14, so that in Christ Jesus, the blessing of Abraham might come to the Gentiles. That's you, Galatians. Paul was writing here. That's you. So that we might receive the promised spirit through faith. And he's now referring to the prophetic statements about my spirit I will give to them. To Abraham's children. The promise to Abraham's children. So he says that we might receive the promised spirit through faith. So, so these Judaizers who are coming here and telling you about Abraham the patriarch and how God chose him and blessed him and gave a promise to him. And they're saying to you, you need to be circumcised to receive the promise through Abraham. Now Paul is saying, no, 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 no. That's not the way. It is not the law. It is through faith. It is through faith that we may receive the promise. Remember, God's promise to Abraham is not only that he will be a father of many nations, but also that he shall be a blessing to all nations. God's promise that the nations would be blessed through Abraham was not limited to the Jewish people who lived at that time and until today in different nations of the world. The Jewish people were scattered, although they were not called Jews yet. They were called Judah and Israel then. They were scattered because of the invasion of Babylon. And from Babylon, many of them learned to live under the rule of a foreign empire. A wicked king, Nebuchadnezzar. And according to scripture, God raised him to discipline Israel. So does God raise people to be presidents to discipline nations? Yes, he can do that. And if he wills to, he will do it. Also, he can raise kings to bless his people. He does that. He is sovereign. And that's why in the time of the Persian king, when Babylon, the superpower, was overthrown by the Persian power, the Persian king had a different take on dealing with the nations. He encouraged them, go back to your land if you want to. I will help rebuild your temple, your walls. That's why many came back, but many remained now, the apostles thought that the blessing of Abraham would be to the nations because the Jewish people were scattered there. That's why they thought the gospel should first be for the Jew. If you read the book of Acts, even Paul, where would he go first when he went to a place? He first went to the synagogue. Because the Jews were scattered, they built synagogue. It's like, like church communities, but smaller where they have the reading of scripture there regularly, Paul would go there. But then Paul is saying here, we learned, and Peter knows this, that the gospel is inclusive of all Gentiles who believe, who have faith in him. 
Take note, faith in Christ. And let me say this clearly. Without distortions and without additions. You can't say, I believe in Christ, so am I saved. As long as you believe He is the Savior, as long as you believe He suffered and died and resurrected, and you believe that you have to repent of your sin, you have to believe that you have to follow Him, no additions, no Christ and other saints, no additions. There is one mediator between God and man, and that is Christ, no plus one. That is dangerous game. No plus one. This is the gospel plus the law. No, 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 no. The gospel is the gospel. The blessing of Abraham to bless the nations would be through the gospel. So I'd like to say this is not yet complete. We fulfill, must fulfill our role in making this happen. Why? Because God, it is God's design to work through people. Sometimes he works through angels as messengers so that the people would get his message. But what is our purpose here? Of course, it is to grow in Christ, but it is not limited to grow in Christ. It is to proclaim Christ. It is proclaim his suffering, death, and resurrection throughout all the world. And as Jesus said, to proclaim repentance for the forgiveness of sins, direct command of God. We should be doing that. And those who believe, we make disciples, followers of him. And we build them into communities of churches. The blessing of Abraham is still being fulfilled because there are still 8,000 languages and tribes who have not known Jesus Christ yet. That's why we have a missions fund. It's not just for the local Bikol outreach. We desire and intend one day to participate in, for example, the outreach in the churches in India, which they still have around 2,000, I, th I think 2,000 people groups languages and many of them have not known Christ there is no church community there the blessing of Abraham is throughout all the nations to all the world through every tongue tribe and nation because the word nation here is not geopolitical but tribal ethnics ethnicity language it's not yet done now you looking for what's God's will <laughs> that we as a community participate in helping finish the work. The work isn't done. We still have to proclaim the gospel here and make disciples, but we still have to build teams who will reach all these tongues, tribes, and nations around the world. The blessing of Abraham shall be fulfilled in Christ Jesus. Application number one, do not rely on obeying the law. Obeying the law brings no righteousness. Thus, we should not rely on obedience to the law as a way of right to righteousness before God. God established the law for a purpose, but the law was not meant to bring righteousness.
the law was to give order to Israel. There had to be order. It was a new nation. They had to have a set of laws and rules. God had to protect them from polytheism. What is polytheism? Those who believe that there are many gods. And Israel was a monotheist. They believe in the one true God. The law had to be put there to protect them from believing in polytheism and make them focus on God alone. And who is, who, whose God is this? He is the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. That was how he was known. The one that Abraham worshipped. And Isaac and Jacob, no other gods. The law was there to give them a mindset that there is one God. And not only that, to prepare the coming of the Messiah. Why was a need for a Messiah? It all goes back to the story of the garden. Through Adam, sin came into the world. And through Christ, forgiveness and justification would happen. God established the law to reveal sin, but not to bring righteousness. Righteousness comes through faith in Him and the promised Messiah. We must humbly admit that we cannot attain righteousness on our own. Despite the many good works you're going to do, it will never be enough to buy yourself righteousness. Because it only comes through Christ. Second, live by faith. God justifies through faith. The righteous shall live through faith. Thus we live by faith in Christ and what he did. He suffered and died because of our sin. As fulfillment to satisfy the justice of God. And we believe in his resurrection. Christ becoming a curse for us, which redeemed us from the curse of the law. Therefore, we trust him today and always for our righteousness. I am not righteous by myself. I am only made righteous by his grace. Let me try to put in Filipino. The word biyaya, let me put a more, some words that are more relatable. Tayo'y naligtas dahil sa kanyang kagandahang loob. Hindi dahil karapat dapat tayo. Hindi dahil mabuti tayong tao. Pero dahil sa kanyang habag, at kagandahang loob, tayo ay naligtas sa pamamagitan ng pananampalataya. To those who can understand Filipino, it's basically a summary of many things we've said. Live by faith. Let us not rely on religion and ceremonies. Let us not rely on fellow humans for our salvation. No one is above the gospel. Let us focus on believing the genuine gospel of Christ and defend it with all our hearts. 
And third, fulfill the promise to Abraham. The promise of God to Abraham is through the gospel of Christ. The blessing to the nations is the blessing of the gospel to all tribes and tongues. Christ commands us to proclaim the gospel and make disciples of all nations. There were discussions among Christian leaders in the nation. And uh, one of the discussions were... Well, there are many going abroad, Filipinos. Why don't we equip them as they work there to make disciples and build churches? And there has been activities going on there, but somehow it's, it's not widespread yet because when uh, an OFW reaches his destination, they're pressured first to adjust. And that's a difficult thing, especially if they do not have a support group there. First, it's the adjustment. And after a while, it takes time. There are countries who will not allow traditional full-time missionaries. If you put there your occupation as missionary, you won't get a visa. But these are the nations that we need to penetrate. So who do we send? Businessmen, students, employees. If ever you're going somewhere, think like a missionary. You're on a mission. It's not just making a living, it's making disciples. And how do we do that? The things we do in the small groups, you just duplicate that a thousand times all around the world. Is it that simple? Partially, yes. Nothing is truly simple because there are so many factors, but in concept, yes. So are you qualified? Everybody is qualified to proclaim Christ. Oh, but my life, it's, we're not preaching your life. I mean, I'm not interested. You can use your life story to support what Christ did. That's amazing. But your life isn't the center. We are proclaiming what he did, not what we did. We're proclaiming who he is, not who we are. Do we have to live a life that is worthy? Yes, of course. But we are still not the center. Christ is. All gospel proclamation. Christ is the center. We must proclaim to our people, our languages, and our cities. However, we must also proclaim and make disciples of peoples from different tribes, languages, and nationalities. Fulfill the promise to Abraham that they will be, his descendants will be a blessing. But he did say, Paul did say, those who believe in Christ are children of Abraham. Spiritual children of Abraham in Christ. 
Does that make you a Jew? No, because the word Jew happened later on to the remnant of Judah. That came many, many years after Abraham. Abraham was Abraham. And he was just Abraham who believed and it was counted as righteousness. I give you now a poem entitled, entitled Not Under Curse. Cursed are all who are under law. Unclear to the law's major flaw. It reveals wrongdoing and sin, but can't bring righteousness within. The Abrahamic covenant shall be fulfilled through a remnant. Those who believe in the good news from both the Gentiles and the Jews. Choose today righteousness or curse. You know what's the best and the worst. The pure gospel does not transgress. Choose the blessing of righteousness. For our souls, it is Christ alone. Our sin, good works cannot atone. Righteousness comes through faith in him. Brings light to our soul that's so dim. As a result of faith, obey. But without faith, you are astray. Obedience without faith means nothing. Faith in him. That's the only thing. Let us all rise. Let us pray. Lord, thank you for your word. May it burn deep within us as Paul defended the gospel, giving reason after reason after reason, showing scripture here and there and in many places. Teach us to defend the gospel. Whenever we meet people who would add something to it, one or two, a little change here, a little distortion there, teach us to correct it wherever we go or anywhere. Lord, not by our righteousness, for we are wretched sinners, humbled by your goodness and your grace. Teach us not to live by the law. Teach us not to make our own laws of behavior. But focus on the grace of Christ. Thank you, Lord. May the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, the love of the Father, and the fellowship of His Spirit be with you all. And God's people say, Amen. God bless you. Good morning.